Welcome to Real Talk with Real Sisters. I'm Brooke. And I'm Emily. And this is a podcast where we have conversations about the real stuff. Everything from relationships, health, faith, and daily life. Today we are talking about simplifying our lives, something that Brooke is really passionate about. So Brooke, how did you get into living a simpler, almost minimalistic life? So it all kind of started when I was looking through my wardrobe one day and heard from somebody that they were doing some spring cleaning. And I just had looked at my wardrobe and thought, oh my gosh, I have like just way too many clothes. So I took out the clothes that had been just collecting dust in my wardrobe and got rid of them and just was done with them. And after feeling that like feeling of relief that you get when you get rid of stuff, I was like almost addicted to it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so freeing and I want more of this. So I was like walking through Barnes and Nobles one day after getting on this like simplifying my wardrobe kick and I saw a book that said it was titled A Simplified Life and I was like oh my gosh that's what I'm obsessed with right now I want everything to do with simplifying my life and I picked it up and it's by Emily Lay and after that it was like the rest is history I just started this whole new lifestyle because the book is about just simplifying literally every aspect of your life I'll just read you um, what she, uh, the table of contents say, but she goes from simplifying the space that you're living in, your style, your meals, your schedule, your finances, your hospitality, which is not one that I would have thought needed simplifying, but it's actually very interesting what she has to say about that. Um, simplifying your technology, simplifying yourself. Um, also because she's a mother, she talks about simplifying motherhood and then simplifying your faith if you believe in God. So this book just literally took me off onto this whole kick of what am I actually doing with the things that I own and my lifestyle and how can I better cultivate a life worth living and a life that I'm proud of and one that's not weighing me down by things or people or a lifestyle that I'm living, but one that will actually bring a lot of joy to me and to others that I'm uh, surrounding myself with. Would you say that Emily Lay is like the only person that you really follow or do you have other people that you follow like on Instagram or that you read up on? So... I would say religiously, Emily Lay is pretty much the only person that I follow. But here and there, I've watched like Netflix series like Mary Kondo's. I watched her and then I've watched a couple other. And then the other thing that goes along with this desire in my heart to simplify my life is simplifying the house that I'm living in. So living in smaller houses, um, I've been really obsessed with and following like the tiny home nation as they sweep the world and make everyone love tiny homes. I just am obsessed. 
I think it kind of goes hand in hand, like tiny homes and simplified living, because you can't really have a simplified, Mm -hmm. or you can't have a tiny home without having a simplified life. It's true. You kind of are forced to get rid of things that you don't, you don't uh, want or need anymore. So yeah, that, that was, um, but Emily Lay was definitely somebody who kickstarted all of this and somebody that I religiously follow because she also makes a planner um so she writes all these books that are amazing like some of the other books that she's uh written are when less becomes more and then grace not perfection is another one of her books i've read all of her books and they're all great so i can't say good things about them enough how does she lay out her books does she just give tips or like how would you structure a book like that the way that she writes is She takes life experiences, describes them. So growing up, like her mom was somebody who instilled a lot of really good routines in their life. And she took from that this comfort from routines and uh, like cultivating your home and making sure that your home is a, a space where you can relax and not a space that creates chaos and stress. So she gives you examples of that from her childhood or from raising her kids, things that she's learned, building her business. Um, And then she has like each chapter, like I just talked about, lays out tips from her own life experience through that. So she gives you actual sound things to do. And she actually writes... um, you're almost kind of filling out a journal as you go through her books too because she gives you questions and then a space to answer the questions like what makes you happy how do you think of structuring your day in the morning so it's almost like a workbook yeah and it's really awesome she even gives like uh she gives meals too meal um recipes it's so crazy she just gives you all kinds of nuggets of goodness in her books but Mm. it's so good i can't speak highly enough about her Mm. so i just wanted to give my interpretation of a simplified life when we're talking about the word simplify i feel like it's spoken so much that it can kind of lose its meaning but when i think of simplifying my life i think okay What's important to me? And that can be applied to everything in your life. So your wardrobe, what's important to you in your wardrobe? Is it having an outfit for every occasion or is it having an outfit that you love and feel good when you put it on? Another thing is you can also apply this to your possessions. What's important to you in your possessions that you have? And What's important to you? Is it important for you to have this possession? Is it important to you to let go of this possession? Um, What serves your life? And this can also be applied to your friend group and your lifestyle in general. So once you figure out what's important to you, I feel like you are off to a really good start. But if you're not quite sure where that start will be, I can give you a couple pointers on how I started this journey of simplifying my life. 
So the first thing that I changed was my routine to make my space clean and free of clutter. So creating a routine in your life for cleanliness is actually extremely hard if you're not making it doable for you, which that's the key word here is doable because I feel like we can set all of these crazy goals for ourselves and not actually implement them into our lives where we can actually sustain that goal or sustain that dream. So one thing that is was attainable for me was just simply doing dishes before I go to bed. That was something I could quickly implement and it made it so that in the morning I woke up and could make my coffee and look over to the sink and know that everything is taken care of. Like I have a nice, calm, clean space in the kitchen and I don't have to worry about that looming over me as I'm making my coffee or making breakfast knowing that there's a a pile of dishes in the sink to take care of before I start my day or something. So it just sets you off on the right foot. And then another thing that was easy for me to implement into my life was just making my bed in the morning. That's just like a very simple little thing that you can do, but it's it makes a big difference because now you look into your room and you're like, oh, like it's a nice put together calm space and it's ready for the day. <laughs> and it kind of makes you feel like, oh, I'm ready for the day now too. Whenever I make my bed, I'm like, okay, huh, I've done that. Now I'm ready to take on the day. And then I also just periodically make sure that like I'm hanging up my clothes as I go through, like when I'm picking out what I want to wear for the day, I feel like I take out a lot of clothes, try on stuff, and then end up leaving a pile of clothes that I didn't wear out. And then I'm wearing what I did pick out. So that means like all of this stuff is in disarray in my room. I just make sure that I'm at some point during the day putting those things away so that I'm not having them on the floor or having them laying draping over my dresser or over a chair or something in my room that they're actually away and it doesn't pile up over time because I feel like that's something in your room that's very quickly can pile up and make your room just feel like very chaotic. Um, So if you do that regularly, it avoids that and makes it less stressful. And then another thing that you can look at to find out what's important to you is just figuring out what you need daily in order to be the best version of you for others. So when I was thinking about this, I kind of had to do a test run in my own life and go through days where I felt very spent and figure out why do I feel spent? Is it just because I was on my feet all day or was it because I didn't take time to be with God or did I forget to drink a lot of water or like it's just you have to kind of play around with what it could be but I found that I was feeling really spent when I didn't take time for myself during the day so that could look like going on a walk with a podcast in spending time with God in the morning just me and a bible and my coffee watching my favorite movie at night or reading a book in a coffee shop. Just all of those little things sprinkled into your week can help 
or it helps me at least feel way more full and energized and ready to display and give the best of me to others and not feel like I'm constantly being taken from. So I just feel like my personality especially needs that alone time where when I'm constantly surrounded by people, I can kind of get caught up in not being able to function. (laughs) So yeah, that's just me, but. I feel like I am the same way in the morning, especially. I specifically, well, before John went back to school, now that he's in school, he gets up earlier than me, but I would specifically get up earlier than John so that I could have my 45 minutes to an hour of just myself reading my Bible, going through my emails, drinking my coffee, and just having that time for me um, is really important. Yep. And I feel like a lot of people probably need that quiet time. Yeah. Even if it's just reading or like stretching or literally just drinking coffee by yourself on your porch or in your nook or something, just having that time to yourself where you're just alone with your thoughts you can think about your day what you need to do i've also thought that like the lifestyle that we live in in today's world i mean we had a harsh reality check when covid hit but we've been just go 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 and we don't actually spend time decompressing our thoughts from the day so it tends to really clog up our mind But I think, I mean, some people do tend to get energized from other people. And I'm just not one of those persons that gets energy from that. I get energy from being on my own. And then I can go out and be with people and be, like, happy about it. Um, But, Mm -hmm. yeah, just the advice I could give you is... So this will look different for everybody, though. So when you go through your day... Just gently ask yourself, am I doing okay? Do I feel like I'm missing something or getting out of tune with myself? And what do I need to get back to that place where I'm happy and full and energized and ready for the day? So the last thing I wanted to touch on was just the possessions in your life. So think about what possessions in your life add value and are important to you. And what possessions take from you and clutter your mind and space. And this could be everything from the technology and the amount of time that you spend on technology. Or it could be having too many things in your house where you have your countertop is completely full with a ton of things on it. And appliances that you don't need or don't use every day. Do not undervalue a very clean countertop because I feel like it can give a lot of just peace and calm in the kitchen. Um, So if you want to try that, I would try just cleaning off your countertop in the kitchen. That's one thing. I don't know if um, you, well, you said you haven't watched this yet, but the home edit, if anybody follows them on Instagram, Mm -hmm. they just came out with a TV show on Netflix and they went through someone's kitchen and they had zero counters, countertop space. And it was insane seeing the transformation of just organizing a kitchen. 
I know. That was, I mean, theirs was probably more extreme than the average person's kitchen. But yeah, if they can do that, I just can't even imagine what I could do in my own house. It is so satisfying to me looking at someone's home that's cluttered and everything and helping them declutter it and simplify it. Because just to see the difference in somebody's, even just somebody's demeanor and the way that they treat their home. Mm. And when you have a home that you're proud of, it just completely changes how you treat your home and and respect your home and want to keep it that way. Mm -hmm. So don't undervalue that and try to clean off, make make your like any type of um, countertop space, like even the top of your dresser, um, the dining room table, the uh, coffee table in your living room, like these little surfaces around your house and your bathroom vanity, like all of these spaces, you should try to be getting them as clear as possible and with only what you need out and what makes you happy out. Hmm. So like on my dresser top, there is, I have a little jewelry box. I have a plant, a little calendar and an oil diffuser and that's it. I don't have anything else up there and I keep it that way and I'm very happy with that. It makes me happy to look at it and see that it's so organized and simple, but the plant makes me happy and like the little calendar makes me happy. So just making sure that what makes you happy is up there, but also it's as clean and clear as you can make it. What do you think about like bookshelves? I have a love-hate relationship with bookshelves because some books are just not pretty to look at. And I I like to like put books on bookshelves that are pretty or not at all, you know? Um, So Mm -hmm. I, we have a bookshelf in our living room right now. I'm sharing um, an apartment with two girls and one of the girls is like an avid reader of these amazing adventure novels that I hope to read one day but she they're not like uh artsy or like what's the word they're not they're not cute I guess they're just ones that you would see in like the sci-fi section or like they've got all these like bright green and like all these different colors going on and I personally would not put that on display but it makes her happy so that's another thing is like if it makes you happy seeing them out then go for it but make sure that you're also not cluttering your space with bookshelves and stuff and it's 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 a balance you have to figure out okay what makes me happy but what will also clear my mind and make sure that this space is not chaotic for me yeah so just going off of what possessions in your life add value and are important to you. A good example of this is your wardrobe. So most of us already have way too many clothes that we will ever need in our entire lifetime in our wardrobe. And I already talked about this briefly in the beginning, but the items in your wardrobe should be items that make you happy and make you feel good when you're in them. So I make sure that the the items in my wardrobe are not items that make me feel gross or unattractive or they're not my favorite pieces 
Okay, so one of the things that Emily Lay says that are rules for what you keep in your wardrobe are it must fit, it must be good quality, and it must be your favorite. So I feel like we have, we tend to keep clothes in our wardrobe that don't fit us anymore. And I just realized this the other week or something. I had kept like this jean skirt that I never wear, but I once was like, oh, this is so cute. And like, it fits me, but it doesn't fit me anymore. And it was something I wore like three or four years ago. So just be okay with the fact that your body changes and keep things in there that make you happy and don't make you feel like you're not this person that you were four years ago. You are who you are right now. And that's amazing. Something that the home edit said about one of the closets they were going through, this woman was a little bit older, so she had acquired a lot more clothes and has had two kids, but she had stuff in her closet that didn't fit her either. And they said, oh, we like to put things in two piles. One pile is an aspiration pile where it's like, okay, it's one size off. I could fit in it like maybe in six months or a year or whatever. So it's aspiration. The other pile is, oh, I had this piece of clothing before I had kids and I probably won't ever fit in it ever again. And that's something that you would get rid of. Right. So I think it's like, okay, you look at the piece of clothing and you're, you have to ask yourself, can I actually fit in this in like six months to a year? Or is it something that I'm really never going to fit into again? Like I pretty much went through that when I went through stuff that I was holding on from high school, which I probably shouldn't have been wearing anyways because it probably looked gross and out of style and probably cheap too. But um, yeah, it's definitely a good question to ask. Like, can you actually fit in this in a year or are you just holding on to it because of the person that you used to be pre-children or whatever. Right, exactly. And it shouldn't be a depressing thing. Like, I feel like whenever I would look at that jean skirt, I got sad because I was like, well, I'm not going to fit into it right now because I'm not this, like, tween anymore. You know, I just got, like, sad about it. But that's not – you shouldn't look in your wardrobe and be sad you should be excited and like looking forward to putting together an outfit that looks good on you. So, mm-hmm. um, and then she said it must be good quality. This is something that I only recently adopted, but investing in actual good quality clothes is way better in the long run than it is buying like 10 items at Forever 21. No, um, Nothing against Forever 21. Like, if that's what you can afford right now, that's fine. But I've just started accruing a couple items from Urban Outfitters, Madewell, J. Crew, And I'm glad that I did because they're going to last me so much longer. And they're just better, like, fabric that they're made with. So, and they look better, too, to be honest. So, hmm. I, that's so funny because with the colder weather this morning, I thought to myself, oh, I really want to buy myself a new sweater. And I had to go to Target to get wrapping paper. 
And I was like, oh, maybe I'll look at the cute sweaters that Target has. But I stopped myself because I was like, Emily, you are a 26-year-old woman who does not need to be shopping at Target anymore. (laughs) You can go grab a nice, good quality sweater from Banana Republic, J. Crew. Yes. I don't know. Somewhere that's a little bit nicer quality. Yeah. It's going to last me a long time. Because that's the thing. It's like any article of clothing that I get from Target, most likely 75 to 85% of the time, it does not stay in my wardrobe for more than two years max. Yeah. Yep. And that's either because it's gone out of style or because it's ripped. Yep. It's so funny that you say that because Target is like one of my just I have a love-hate relationship with Target because it's got cute stuff but the quality is off and you notice mm-hmm. it the more you wear their stuff. So I have purchased a couple items, clothing items from Target and instantly regret it. Like I'll come home and be like this just yeah. doesn't look right or like it the fabric doesn't feel right or something. So I wore Yeah. I think that's the thing for me is the fabric at the on the mm-hmm. clothes at Target just don't feel yeah. comfortable. So I've just got to make a rule with myself, I think, just to stop shopping there because I always end up just returning stuff. So, yeah, yeah just just realize, like, what can I afford? And then if that mm. means, like, is it important to you to have good quality clothes? Okay. If it is... And you can only afford like spending $50 a month on clothes. Then you get one item that's worth $50 or something from wherever is your favorite shop. And you just like add to your wardrobe slowly over the course of a year or two years or whatever. But at least you're adding to it with things that you know you'll love and things that you know will last. So... That is my advice on that. And then also just making sure that everything that you have in your wardrobe is your favorite thing and it makes you feel so good. Like I talked about earlier, just making sure that you're not keeping things that don't make you feel good. I think I need to go through my wardrobe. <laughs> you should, and I would help you. I would help you. It's so fun. It's very satisfying for me to like just, just get that stuff out of there. And make it a happy place. And just like going into your closet and seeing pieces of clothing that you love and being able to make an outfit from that. Mm -hmm. Because when I was picking out an outfit this morning for this baby shower, I had such a hard time because I didn't love all the pieces. Not that I didn't love all the pieces, but... Putting my tops with specific bottoms, it just didn't bring me joy. I also think I went through a phase where I just wanted to wear neutrals. So I had whites. A majority of my closet is whites, uh, tan, gray, and black shirts. And I have Mm -hmm. maybe five shirts that are color, whether that's blue or pink or I do like – the earthy green as well. But I went through a a very long phase and I'm still kind of in this phase where all I wanted to wear is neutral colors. And I'm kind of 
feeling now like I don't want to wear just neutrals. Not that I want to go crazy with mm-hmm. the colors, but I think you can make like a nice cute colored top look good. Yes, you can. You definitely can. And just be tasteful about it. That's my only yeah. advice. Yeah. Because you can have a fun top. Um, but when I, whenever I put a fun top on, I pair it with simple things. Like um, simple jeans and simple shoes. So nothing else in my outfit is going crazy. It's like, so my top will be like this fun. Like today at the baby shower, I wore a plaid I guess orange top um actually what would that be called maybe it's gingham wouldn't that be like gingham yeah gingham it was a large print of gingham yeah and it was like an uh earthy orange burnt orange Mm -hmm. and orange and then I paired it with light wash jeans and these little pointy uh nude colored shoes which is cute because, like, that's very fall-themed. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's almost, because it's a more muted orange, it's mm-hmm. a little bit more of a neutral yeah. color. I yeah. guess that's, like, the kind of colors that I'm attracted to are, like, muted colors. Yep, and not So it's bright. not, like, this bright orange or this bright yellow or this yep. bright pink. It's more of a soft pink or a muted orange. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah, and I think that's those are very popular colors right now too. Um, mm-hmm. Just having all those muted colors, so you'll be able to find them easily. But I definitely agree that having like a fun top makes you excited to wear whatever you're wearing that day. And yeah, yeah that's all I have to say about that. And I think now's the time to go through your wardrobe and clean off your your um, all your surfaces. <laughs> Especially with the changing seasons. Yes. Do some fall cleaning. Mm. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to 10 episodes now of Real Talk Real Sisters. We have had such a fun time creating this for you guys. And this is the finale of our first season. Second season will definitely be coming. So look out for the launch date for season two. Yes, and we'll be taking a week off, if not more, because Emily will be getting her wisdom teeth out, so she needs to recover from that. But we will see you when we see you back on the podcast.